Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Nick, the other day I'm watching the news and I see a uh, Little League baseball game. Hmm. Something happened in this game that the parents of these children did not like. And there was a brawl <laughs> on the field at a Little League baseball game. This literally happened, like, I think last week. There's national okay. news, right? I mean, it made national news. A, a super violent fight on a Little League baseball field between the parents, right? And some coaches, I guess. Unbelievable conflict, you know, in front of these, these kids. <laughs> but kids. it did bring up the question of, why are they doing this, right? To me, it was a question of what are they going to get out of this? At the end of this scuffle, what resolution to whatever conflict was going on will be reached, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which which kind of made me start thinking about conflict anyway because I started to think I just wouldn't engage in this conflict probably. I don't know what I'd get out of it, right? Because mm-hmm. I doubt at the end of the fight, one of the parents was like, you know what, that was all my fault and I'm really sorry, <laughs> and let's go ahead and, you know, no, that's not going to happen. Both sides are going to leave. There's going to be law involved. Yeah. Each side's going to blame each other. The game's called. The kids are unhappy. I don't I don't know. Little what Johnny the, still struck out, and you lost, regardless of <laughs> the fact right. that you punched the umpire in the so face. So I'm, I'm wondering, <laughs> at the point at which you're throwing a punch into this person, other parent's face, what are you hoping of getting from this conflict, necessarily? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to bet there's not going to be much you get out of that besides maybe some community service hours and possibly a fine and maybe some jail time. But it did make me think, what is the best way to confront people who have, who have upset you in your life and, and kind of the, the when, why, and how of that, right? How, what's the best way to do that? Why would you do it? How would you do it? So when you get in conflict, Nick, mm-hmm. what are the, what are the criteria you use to kind of enter conflict and, and proceed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I don't know that I have a, a perfectly laid out plan for this, but as you're talking, the, f- the first thing that comes to mind is, I, I think people, I think the whole problem with, with situations like the, the Little League game is that people just aren't thinking about what they're hoping to do. They're not thinking at all. They're Good just point. acting, <laughs> right? Point. They're just reacting, re- reacting right? right? It's, it's very, I mean, it's the definition of emotional reasoning. Right, you're just you're you're air quotes choosing something based entirely on how you feel. Right? Yeah, an emotion is pushing you in one direction. You just go with it. I without, feel mad, so I'm going to punch, yell, scream. Yeah, without yeah. really considering anything, right. including like what you're even hoping to get out of this, or what the consequences could be, or or anything like that. Right. So, I you know I this might sound funny coming from a shrink, but I I try to cultivate deep skepticism of all my emotions, including the positive ones sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but to really, it's built into human nature and biology and wiring to, to just, our emotions push us in certain directions, unthinkingly, on purpose. I mean, the whole point of emotions usually is just to get us to act or react quickly, mm-hmm, mm. right? So that's a kind of built-in bias that we have that maybe was useful at some point in our evolutionary history. But these days, for most of us, 
it's almost always, but unless you're getting chased by a bear, it's almost always better to reflect a little bit before you decide to act in between a feeling and a decision mm. and a behavior to think a little bit. Right. Sure. And, and the way I talk about this, um, both with myself and with my clients is be values selfish. Mm-hmm. So when you feel a certain way, you feel like acting, try to be selfish with yourself in terms of thinking, what, what am I really going to get out of this? Is right. this really in my best interest? Don't even think about other people necessarily. Yeah. Think about yourself. Be super selfish, mm-hmm. but really think about what's most important to me and wh- what is this actually going to lead to? And can you use emotion, any kind of emotion, can you train yourself to use that as a cue to like pause and think and be selfish? Right. You know, what's really going to be in my best interest here? Yeah, I love that question. I, I think I think the why why am I going to engage in this confrontation or this, this argument, this discussion Mm -hmm. or whatever? I think the why is the most important part. Um, I hear a lot of stories about people engaging in conflict. And when I ask the question, what were you hoping to gain there? There's always this kind of odd look like I have no idea. (laughs) Um, and I get, I get a lot of questions about, Hey, should I, how should I confront this person? How should I talk to this person? And the first question I usually ask is, why would you do that anyway? Mm-hmm. What are you hoping to gain there? And usually it kind of elucidates this idea of, yeah, what, 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 do I, what are my expectations? And are they uh, reasonable, basically? Um, but having clients kind of walk through a little process there about what they can reasonably expect from this confrontation is a, is a really good first step. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times they discover, I'm really not going to get what I want, you know? I fought with this person for 30 years over the same thing. They do yeah. not agree with me. N- you know, nothing has changed. Yeah, probably bringing up one more time is not going to not gonna do it. Mm. You probably won't get a lot out of that. And once they're able to see, wow, I'm really not going to get anything out of that at all, it's pretty easy to disengage. Mm. Once you can really see, wow, that is not going to go well. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's kind of easy to say. Eh, right. Mind. But it requires that c- very counterintuitive step of deliberately going against the way you feel. Or at least questioning. I love yeah, what at you least said. Questioning. Because I tell my clients all the time, never get in a fight with your thoughts and feelings. You'll lose every time. <laughs> and be very suspicious of your thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Very. <laughs> because we've all been in those moments where what we thought was happening wasn't happening right. at all. Totally misinterpret. And something. the way we felt changed in about 30 seconds. So... <laughs> Right. I kind of think we should be a little suspicious of those emotions when they pop up because mm, you just can't trust them. Yeah. And I think importantly, this doesn't mean you have to become a cyborg or like an unfeeling robot. Definitely. Right. Not. I think that's people resist that idea because they, they, they swing to the other side and think like, I'm, I'm going to be an unfeeling, uncaring. I have to be Spock. Yeah, have to be Spock. <laughs> right. <laughs> not at all. It's, it's just that you're, f- I think it's so much more helpful when your first reaction is just to pause and like ask the question mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know to just consider it a little bit first just to not just go with it right off you can end up going with it if you want if you ask that question and go like well there's lots of good conflict to have out there if you yeah if right. there's and, something and to there's, gain there's plenty of times when following your emotional impulse is actually a good idea right. um, and can be helpful but it's just it's very dangerous and at least unhelpful to just assume or just to allow yourself to go with whatever that first emotion is or impulse. Especially if it's like anger. Yeah. Conflict usually has anger somewhere around the Mm -hmm. vicinity. Um, Yeah. I think that why question 
lead you down a discussion that can be really helpful, as I said. Because if you can if you can name a why, now you have something to go on, and then it becomes more about well, how do I do that? How mm-hmm. do I enter conflict about this situation or this thing that I think is important? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think that's usually my criteria for when I'm going to enter conflict. When I've decided there's something to be gained here, when I really think that entering into conflict is going to produce some kind of change or some kind of um, desirable outcome for me, mm-hmm. um, that's usually when I'm going to say, okay, I think it's enter- go ahead in time to right to enter the fray. Yeah. Uh, although you know, I, we should mention this is super hard. <laughs> like I find this incredibly hard in my own life. Well, it's um, a guess almost. It's almost a really good hypothesis you form. Yeah, I think this will be worth it, right? Let's see. Well, but just the ability to to pause and be oh, aware yeah. enough to notice, like I'm super emotional. Like, do I want to go keep going in this direction, or should I consider <laughs> right. what? Like, that's super hard. You got to um, practice a lot. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, one little thing that I've found that I think helps me a little bit and seems to help with some of my clients is to try and cultivate um, a curious attitude towards your how you're feeling mm-hmm. rather than a moral one. So right. I think a lot of us get into trouble because we, we, we kind of like feel justified in, in how we feel. And then that's, that's this like quick rationale for acting on how we feel. Cause I was angry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's this weird little, yeah, and we all kind of do this. Um, we get into this kind of right or wrong mindset. And my uh, uh, sometimes a more helpful one is just like, huh, like I feel really strongly. Like that's interesting. Like what's going on there? Yeah, why? Like that's interesting. Yeah. I feel so angry right now. This is really hard for people though. Oh, it's super hard. Uh, um, my clients do this a lot and I and I pointed out a lot that as soon as you call your, your thoughts or motivations or behavior dumb and <laughs> Right. People will be like, well, I don't know why I felt so strongly about that. I'm just so stupid sometimes, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I, I kind of make a big deal out of it, but I'm like, no, as soon as you do that, right. you've lost all utility, mm-hmm. right? You've, you've just chalked it up to you being dumb without really discovering anything about yourself because there is a reason probably you feel so strongly about that. Mm-hmm. Asking the next question of why, let me think about that yeah, without, without the moral kind of judgment then you can learn something. Yeah. Then you can have some clinical utility there, some functional Try to purpose. Think mechanically, yeah. not morally. Right. About your own psychology. <laughs> right. Think mechanically. What's going on here? Not, you know. <laughs> like if you is, went this, into this your mechanic bad. and you were like, how come my car's not running? And the mechanic said, because you got a stupid engine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you would probably use that mechanic for very long. It's on certainly, it's hand, certainly it, not helping your engine. Any. <laughs> but on the other hand, if he says, here, here's the problem. You didn't have enough oil in the, there, now you can go, oh, I see. I, you know, I've learned something about how to take care of my car better, whatever it is. But the mechanic calling your car stupid, <laughs> not, not helpful. helpful. <laughs> yeah. To, to continue our car analogies. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. So the why, kind of pausing, trying to cultivate that ability to, to pause and get curious in the middle of, of big emotion instead of just reacting. And then if you can, to think about, well, why do I want to go in this direction? Is this really, j- even just selfishly, is this really in my best interest? Am I going to get anything Yeah, what this? am I going to get out of yeah. this? Yeah, and that's a good point. Entering conflict where you're not going to get anything out of it, that's a, I'm not going to say there's never a time for that, but I'm going to say that's going to be probably pretty limited. 
Yeah, and especially if you're never going to, this mostly comes down to in the long run, am I going to get anything? Because in the short term, it always just kind of feels good to go with however your emotions are pushing you. Yeah, there's that feeling again. That's such an ephemeral, I mean, it barely lasts. And then you're transient. Then you're miserable for hours, days, months afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, so once you've kind of determined, okay, there's enough here for me to go ahead and enter into the conflict, um, what do you like to do? Um, Depends on the context, I know, in general, but. In general, let's say you're struggling, arguing with your wife and you kind mm-hmm. of taken a minute and gone, yeah, there is something in here for me. I do need to kind of push this ad- agenda a little bit. Yeah, so um, I'll say that, I mean, conflict, usually we're talking about interpersonal situations, so other people, yeah. right? Um, one thing I've really learned with my wife in particular is that we both have slightly different styles of communicating or dealing with conflict or difficulty. Um I'm the kind of person who my gut reaction is to just talk about everything right away. Mm. Just have a big discussion right now. Like as soon as you know something's wrong. My wife prefers to kind of reflect on it and think about it a little more. I, I kind of like learn by talking and <sighs> she kind of like learns by reflect. Ne- neither one of which is good or bad necessarily. They're both, they're just different, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have learned, even though my gut reaction is to just talk about it right away, um, to know that we tend to work best if we kind of compromise on that. So to think about if you if you can if it's someone you know relatively well mm-hmm. spouse parent boss even to to kind of think about what's the best combination of you know styles when confronting a problem yeah. right um, do people like to talk about it is it better to do it over email or like in writing um, better to do it right away better to let it kind of like percolate for a little while so to think a little strategically yeah. about you know, what you prefer and what the other person prefers and try and find a decent, um, a decent compromise. So they kind of customize your approach based on what you know about yourself and the other person. Right. And and to really try and kind of discover that. And that's important in any new relationship is kind of learning what that is for you and and the person you're kind of in a relationship um, with. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I think that's a good idea. I, I generally give kind of a rule of thumb of be cautious meaning don't rush into it, be mm-hmm. cautious, be assertive mm-hmm. and respectful. That mm. if you can enter co- a conflict kind of with those kind of general themes. Cautious, assertive, respectful. Yeah, you want to you want to go in slow. You don't want to, you know, hit someone over the head kind of unaware. You, you, you definitely want to kind of approach the subject and, and in, a, in a calm kind of manner. So you want to mm-hmm. proceed cautiously, assertively. You definitely need to say what you need to say. Yeah. Um, but, do that in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. Do, do that in a way where you're not accusing, blaming. You're really um, going to present your point of view almost um, and and ask for some kind of resolution that you feel is, is workable. Yeah. Now, that's going to be a discussion you're going to have, and, and there may be some compromise involved, but I generally coach the cautious, respectful, and assertive mm. approach. I like that, yeah. I think one of the things that, one of the things that tends to blow up a, a conversation or a conflict and make it even worse or, or totally unproductive is defensiveness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think certainly in like, well, yeah, I think in any kind of relationship or conflict, like as soon as people get defensive, it just gets, it spirals out of control really the, quickly. The waters are muddied. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things, and this relates to our, our previous point, um, but one of the things I think that really helps to avoid defensiveness in the first place is to back to our mechanical metaphor, to really go into a conversation from a mechanical perspective of, so let's say you're, um, 
I had a, a client who talked about um, their spouse said something kind of like um, sarcastic and offhanded to them and it, it made them hurt and they sure. went right back at him and they got into this huge shouting match, mm-hmm. right? Um, but to, to instead of going into the conversation as this was wrong and this is what needs to happen in, instead, even, even if there is, obviously good and bad things can happen, but going into it with a, you did this wrong and I need <laughs> this and I'm justified it. Like that is a v- very unproductive way to go into, uh, you know, a conflict resolution session, mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully. Mm-hmm. And instead, can you go into it mechanically? And what I mean by mechanically is for instance, that conversation might, um, or that <laughs> blow up my, my client had with, uh, with her spouse Instead of going into it like you always, you're always so sarcastic. Like I hate it when you do that. I always, you know, that's a very kind of moralistic way of going into it. But instead, you, you know, something as plain and simple as when you said this, right? I don't. Maybe you weren't trying to be mean, but it, it came across as really sarcastic to me, and I'm kind of upset. And I was wondering if we could talk about that a little bit. Beautiful, right? right? Cautious. Yeah, and, and not assuming that you know for sure that someone had bad intentions. And that's the caution. It's like, hey, mm, came across this way. Is that what you meant? Yeah, and just yeah. to start by just laying out the facts mm-hmm. without any theories about why anything happened or what people were intending. But just this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this is how I feel. Uh-huh. Can we try and together make sense of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So coming at it from, a, again, not who's right and who's wrong, but like what happened? Yeah. What are the mechanics of, what are the parts involved? Um, and, cause, and then also to just sort of, again, in a non-accusatory way, say, this is bothering me and I would like to kind of work through this. Yeah. Notice it's nothing about the other person. Yep. Even if you think it is about them, yeah. saying that is not going to be helpful because yep. it's going to make them defensive. Anything you say that sounds blaming is going to get defensiveness. Yeah. So, Wh- yeah. Which means you're shooting yourself in the foot. You know, and I, and I actually tell people to stay away from details of, of the argument. Who said what, when? Oh, interesting. Hmm. Because to me, that's um, a topographical issue. The more important thing is I felt hurt and, I ho- and, and, and defensive because I'm afraid you meant it, <laughs> you know? Hmm. And you said, you, you said this when you said that, I felt this way. And, and and it didn't feel good. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. And then propose a solution. Hey, can you not say that again? You know, if you if, if by the end of your discussion the person's able to to kind of concede, but to work towards a resolution. Oftentimes I find that people get lost on the details sometimes. Okay. When when someone says, You said this, they might say, Well, I didn't I didn't say that. Mm. And then you get an argument about the wording. Or, or where it happened. Oh, I remember because we were sitting here and no, we weren't there. We were in the car and then there, oh, yeah. and it's just like, now you're just lost on a lot of details mm-hmm. that you're arguing about. Not, you know what I mean? So keep the facts, I think to a minimum that, because you, you don't want to get lost on all these details. I call it kind of chasing the topography. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're at a crime scene, there, there's a million and one f- pieces of things you could point out to the texture of the bricks and the lighting over the, you know, and like and couples often do that. Some of them are pertinent. Yeah, couples will often say, well, you said this to me and it really, and the, and the person will say, well, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Uh, because it was Thursday and we were over and you were yeah. like, no, I didn't say that. And then the argument becomes about what was said and when, mm. when it was said, rather than saying, hey, you know, the other day we were talking and you made a comment and I think you were trying to joke or, or 
be sarcastic, but it really hurt my feelings. And you know, and I'm I'm wondering if we can talk about that now. To me, talking about your hurt feelings is more important than exactly what mm. terminology I use to say it. Yeah. Okay. So devil's advocate, though, I come back and say, well, I, that's your problem that you're hurt. I know what I said, and I didn't say that. So how you feel is that's up to you. But like this is what this is actually what I said. So if you misheard me, that's on you. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a here's a bigger conflict to have, I would say. <laughs> you know, when you tell me you don't care about my feelings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you okay? So a slightly less uh, intense version of that might be, um, you know, I don't I don't like it when you're upset. And I, I'm sorry that you're upset, mm-hmm. but I did not say that, right? And yeah. That, and if just because you heard that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean I need to do something differently because I did I did not actually say that. That's, yeah. Good point. And, and you can even have a conversation. Well, do you remember what you said then? Do you remember what that conversation was about? I guess because mm-hmm. you probably do want to iron out. I mean, if it, it was if it's totally just something you've created in your head, or there was something similar said, there's still yeah. a conversation to be had there. Mm-hmm. Something yes. happened so, to where you got hurt, and and it sounds like this conversation, the one we've kind of used an example, is more about hey, let me check in with you. You didn't really mean to hurt my feelings, did you? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a conversation to have. So the, the point, your point about details is it's not that you don't want to talk about any details. It's just, you don't want to get lost. You want to be selective about the only the ones that are actually important. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. So not, not, not absent details, but to really kind of stay with the crux of the situation. And be careful of getting lost in extraneous details. Right. Yeah. Because they, they lead to more and more conflict usually. Um, yeah, this is, this is something, by the time I see couples, usually, um, watching them try to resolve an issue is is a, is an exercise in, <laughs> in patience because they end up arguing a lot about things that don't have anything to do with what originally was brought up. Why is that psychologically? What's going on? Why, why does that happen? Uh, well, it could be someone deflecting and avoiding a confrontation, but I think... Mm-hmm. I think people's recollections are diff- just different and it's easy to find something in their story that isn't consistent with your memory and take issue with it. Okay. And maybe it's avoidant, maybe it's for some reason, but it's really easy to argue what was said, when, when it was said, what word was said, what day it was. Mm-hmm. The fact that you always do this sort of thing or never do this sort of thing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. those things take away from resolving conflict. Yeah, they also, a lot of them probably are kind of ego boosting, like they make you feel better. Or protective to your ego. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sure, if you feel kind of attacked. A lot or, of defensiveness is about protecting your your ego, yeah. Right, so how do you like, and that's such a hard, I mean, I, I don't know, I think that's such a hard instinct to overcome, <laughs> right? Like we all like want desperately to not be wrong, to not be, yeah. you know, hurt, Um so it's how, embarrassing, but being a couples therapist at times where I enter <laughs> conflict un, in an unhealthy way, I'm like, oh my gosh. I have to what? tell my clients like, man, th- there's a part of me that wishes you guys could see me <laughs> in arguments with my wife because it would be just like be encouraging for them and it would be humbling for me. And it would <laughs> Nick, don't you ever say that again. I don't ever want <laughs> I don't think I've ever said, I wish my clients could see this part of my, no. <laughs> nope. Um. Yeah, but it really is hard, like getting over that. So what what else? So you can try and avoid defensiveness in the first place by kind of, you know, sticking to the facts, only the pertinent facts, trying not to get moralistic and judgy about things from the outset. Mm-hmm. 
But what do you what do you do if you like you find yourself in a conversation and you're already getting defensive? Like how do you how do you tap that down? Like how do you work through that in a conversation when you're already in it? I, I have a I have a, a policy that um that that you really try never to communicate uh when your when your defensiveness or anger or anything is above like a six. If you went one to ten, one okay. being really calm, ten being super angry. Don't try to resolve conflict above a six. Just don't do it. It, it doesn't oh. take much to go huh. from a seven to a 10. Oh, it just doesn't, you know? Hmm. So throughout a conversation, I coach people to take your kind of emotional temperature. And if you're above a six, just say, you know what? I need to take a little minute and a break and, and, and calm down. And then I teach doing relationship mindfulness. Hmm. So when you take your minute, the idea is to be very mindful of who this person is to you, why they're important to you, what are some of the better memories you have? You know, when have you resolved, yeah. resolved conflict in a healthy way? And what that does is it just kind of kills your defensiveness and that hmm. arousal. Then you can come back to the conversation and start again. Interesting. But so you just don't communicate above a six. So if you're over a six, you take a timeout. Done. Because, I mean, all you need is one good kind of poke in a sensitive spot mm. at a seven and you're screaming. Yeah. Do people resist that that idea? Is that it's hard? To, it's it's hard because once it gets going, you know, you want to make a point and you feel justified in doing mm-hmm. it, and it's hard to then say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other person's able to say, "Hey, you seem very upset. I think I need to disconnect and let's come back in five minutes." There's always a specific time period um, to reengage, but mm-hmm. yeah, I really try to say, "Don't communicate above a yeah or, or resolve conflict above a six. It just it's probably not going to be good. Okay, I have, I have one last thought on this topic. Sure. Um, we got a few minutes left, so let's rush this at the end. Okay. <laughs> um, what if it's con- what if it's conflict that you need to have but don't want to have? So what if what if there's a, a difficult con- something that's bothering you, and you're afraid to have a conversation about it, um, but you know you need to? Yeah. Any quick yeah. tips on that? <laughs> well, just from a. a- 10,000 foot view, I would say it's really a bad idea to avoid things that need, you know, you need to do, mm-hmm. even if they're uncomfortable. Um, you know, but the, what the, about the, for like literally going into those types of, or, or prepping to go into those, like what are practical things that kind of oh, help, help you like you? get over the hump to actually get those conversations going? Um, boy. What would I use to motivate someone to enter into conflict? What do you do? Um, so the, the first thing I, sometimes something that really helps is try to write out your, the conversation you imagine going through as like a speech or a letter. Oh yeah. So almost like a dress rehearsal mm-hmm. to get a little more comfortable with what are my main points? What do I want to articulate? Yeah. Like get a sense for how you want to say it. So do a dry run okay. first. Yeah. I coach that as a way to kind of really form a good coherent, kind of yeah. approach, but it's motivating too, obviously. You, yeah. You use well, it as a motivation. Yeah. But a lot of people, part of their anxiety about having tough conversations is what will I say? Yeah. They're anxious about their, their performance. Yeah. In it. I'm not, I'm going to forget. I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm sure. not going to no, I'm going to get too anxious. I'm going to, you know, point. so if you can, if you can do a couple dry runs, you know, hypothetically on your own, often writing really helps or talking it through with a friend, like what you would say. Good point. I think that can be really helpful with those types of conversations. Good point. Really good point. Um, and, and, and I think healthy conflict um, is, is definitely something you want to get good at. I mean, you're going to have relationships your entire life. And so if you can learn how to enter into and, and, and behave inside healthy conflict, 
such a beautiful thing because I think it really strengthens strengthens relationships. Yeah, I think so much trust gets built off of experiences of being willing to have endure some conflict and work through it right. like that. In a healthy, a respectful of, way. Yeah. I mean, it, if you reach resolutions that are working for both of you, you walk away from that conflict just realizing, wow, my partner hears me, responds to me, and we've got a good thing here. Yeah. yeah. And then we can go through some stuff, right. some painful stuff, and come out the end. Still like that's, be okay. That, the confidence that that builds into a relationship is awesome. It, it definitely is. Definitely. Cool. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.